The Postal Service is searching for a new Postmaster General as it offers up a new five-year plan to staunch its financial losses. The search has taken longer than expected, though. Postmaster General Megan Brennan, who was to retire at the end of this month, has postponed her departure indefinitely until the Postal Service finds a successor. For one view of this situation, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman spoke with the president of the American Postal Workers Union, Mark Diamondstein. My sense is they're going to hire somebody from the outside. I think if they were going to go inside, they would have done it by now. And so my sense is that with this delay in Brennan's retirement, it seems to me that they're probably going outside. And that may present some new challenges for the people of this country in relation to their public postal services. But it may not. We don't want to assume that the next PMG is going to be a poor choice. We hope that it will be a very good choice. And we're weighing in on that issue. To your point there, as far as APWU weighing in on that issue, it was uh, it was not that long ago that a White House Postal Task Force did release its recommendations on a future business plan for the Postal Service and a couple of proposals there rolling back collective bargaining rights as it pertains right. to compensation. And even further back, there was a proposal on the table to eventually privatize the Postal Service. Where do you stand on, on those issues in this, uh, this environment? You know, I can speak, I think, for any of the postal unions on this issue. We're absolutely opposed to postal privatization. We believe in the public entity, the public commons, the public good, and the public mission of the Postal Service. We believe in universal service where everybody gets mail service no matter who we are and where we live. We're the most trusted agency, and it's not by accident. We're the most trusted workers. We're accountable to uh, the people of the country and very proud of the service that we do provide. So we are very concerned about the White House Office and Management Budget Report. There was a concrete proposal to sell the Postal Service. And then the task force report from later 2018 layered in some other plans that would be setbacks, including challenging whether the people of this country should have and should continue to have universal service, the right to get this service, again, no matter who we are and where we live. And and if I can add, universal service at uniform and reasonable rates without taxpayer funding. So, yes, we are concerned, and that's a good background and, and context for why we and many others are weighing in with this current Postal Board of Governors, demanding that we want and the people of this country need a postmaster general that's a champion of the service, who will innovate, who will be creative, but underneath it all will be a champion of the postal service, the public postal service. We've been talking a lot about who the next postmaster general might be, but Mark, can you give me a sense of what the top priorities are or will be for that new hire once they are on board? Really, the top priority would be, number one, work in such a way to defend, protect, and expand the public postal service. There are challenges. Mail habits are changing. Volumes are changing. But some areas, mail volume goes down. In other areas, volume goes up. So we want a postmaster that will be innovative, that will be creative, that will look at expanding services. We're very keen that the post office can do so much more. They can expand financial services. Posts all over the world provide basic financial services. This post office, the U.S. Postal Service, should do basic check cashing, should have ATMs, should do electronic bill payment. And all that is part of the mission of binding the people of the country together, which is its basic mission from before the country was actually founded. So I do think that any new postmaster general will have to have front and center the question of expanding postal services and not just look at postal services in a narrow way and say, 
oh, geez, first-class mail volume is diminishing. More people are paying bills online, and therefore somehow this institution and this national treasure is doomed, when really just the opposite is the case. We're in an e-commerce revolution. Many people don't pay their bills through the mail. They may pay online, but guess what? They also shop online, and a package gets delivered, often through the post office. And many of those packages get returned, often through the post office. So if e-commerce is going to work for small business of this country, if the people are going to have access to e-commerce wherever they are and whoever they are, then you have to have that public national infrastructure that belongs to all of us to make e-commerce work for all of us. So there's great opportunities. And I think a new postmaster general has to address that at a time when people want things quicker and sooner, the last thing the post office should be doing, which unfortunately they have been doing, is slowing things down, saying, well, geez, instead of overnight delivery, we'll have two-day and three-day delivery when people want things sooner and quicker. On the flip side of things, Mark, we've been talking a lot about the way forward and the vision forward for a new PMG. But if you could look back a little bit on the legacy of, of Megan Brennan, you know, what stands out to you as some of the major accomplishments that she was able to realize in her five-year tenure? Megan Brennan, I certainly think, has been a sincere postmaster general who sincerely believed in the institution. I think there's more that could have been done to expand, to protect, to enhance so I'm not sure how to describe her legacy. I, 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 I think she's taken some steps to address how the post office can deal better with e-commerce. I'm not in on the details on how all the arrangements are negotiated. But definitely during her tenure, the post office has done very well with package delivery, and that's been a good thing. But there isn't any question that during her five years that the post office has done very well trying to meet the needs of the growing package delivery market based on the e-commerce growth. And that's been a uh, good thing. Changing gears here a little bit, I want to get your sense of how the next year going forward might look. I know there are a lot of issues on the table here. I believe it was just this past fall that the Postal Service did bring to members of Congress a draft version of a 10-year business plan. Looking forward for the year ahead, do you think Congress is is willing to take up these proposals for a a postal reform bill, or do you think this is going to be uh, a little bit more of the same? Let me first say that the American Postal Workers Union is largely opposed to the 10-year business plan that the Postal Postal Service Management has put forward. It has ideas of cutting service days. It has ideas of cutting post offices. It has ideas of cutting workers' benefits. It has uh, within it more subcontracting, people that don't work for the post office who are not accountable to the people of the country like postal workers are and so on. So we are not fans at all of the business plan. And the business plan does not have in it those kind of things I've been talking about, about innovation, about expanding financial services and other services that the post office can and should be doing. Now, in terms of how Congress reacts, again, I don't have a crystal all jury, but I think that in this environment right now on Capitol Hill and a presidential election, I think it's going to be hard to get postal reform passed. What we think will be much easier to pass is there's a bill now in the House, H.R. 2382, the USPS Fairness Act, with 302 lad last count co-sponsors, which means clearly it's a bipartisan supported bill. Uh, that simply calls for an end to the pre-funding mandate of retiree health benefits 75 years into the future. No other agency has to. And that led to a lot of the financial crunch 
It was a congressionally manufactured crisis from 2006 that really did cause a financial squeeze that then led to cutback in services to the people of this country. That bill will not necessarily fix all the problems, but it will be a real important step forward. There's now a companion piece on the Senate side, 2965 on the Senate side, that will do the same thing. So we are optimistic that the House bill will pass within a few weeks. We're optimistic that we will have bipartisan support in the Senate. It has been introduced on a bipartisan basis. So we think that there's real hope of getting that piece of legislation done. And I think if we can't get wholesale, quotes, postal reform, then let's at least get the positive steps going forward. Congress created this mess. Congress should fix it. And if they're not going to fix it the whole way, then we're asking them to fix big pieces of it. And then we'll take the next big piece from there. Mark Diamondstein, president of the American Postal Workers Union, speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Check out Jory's story and all of his coverage of the Postal Service at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.